0: Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. In this episode, we're going to be talking about why you should be doing cardio for general fitness, and we're going to talk about the importance of selecting low-friction cardio exercises, especially if you're a busy person. And if you didn't listen to podcast episode number one, please go back and listen to that because we give a very in-depth explanation of the concept of friction. But in brief, friction is the inefficient use of time and energy in exercise processes. And the inefficient use of time and energy tend to be the most common reasons that people struggle to develop long-term fitness habits. So we're gonna talk about how do you select the right cardio exercises that avoid friction that are gonna enable you most easily to build a sustainable exercise habit. Let's dive in and begin to discuss why cardio is actually a requirement for general fitness. Some people will say that cardio is a waste of time, that you shouldn't be doing it, but that is actually not true. It is true that if you have certain types of specific goals, such as to gain mass at a significant rate and build a, build a lot of muscle, there may be some scenarios where doing lots and lots of cardio could be counterproductive. That's mostly because of all the extra calories that you would be burning by doing a lot of, of cardio. But if your goal is to get the basic benefits of exercise, to improve your body composition, to gain some lean muscle mass and look better, in addition to just reducing the chances of being susceptible to chronic disease, if you want an improved quality of life, more energy. These are the types of goals that people that live busy lifestyles tend to have. You wanna have all of those things, healthy body composition and so on, Cardio is an essential component of a proper you know, set of fitness habits and routines. It's essential, really. So what does cardio actually do for you? Well, cardio exercise is exercise that elevates your heart rate. It, it gets you breathing faster, it gets your heart working harder. And this type of exercise strengthens the muscle tissue of the heart. And it makes the heart more effective and efficient at delivering oxygen to the rest of your body, including all of your other muscles. So while the heart is an organ, it's composed of muscle tissue, a significant amount of muscle tissue. So you can think of it as a type of muscle. You can think of it as the muscle that actually delivers the fuel, the oxygen, to all of your other muscles so that they can do their work so that you can move and engage with the world and and so that all the other vital systems of the body can work properly. So it's absolutely essential to have a strong, efficient heart that works well. How much cardio do you actually need to be doing? Well, the American Heart Association recommends that the the average adult to do 150 minutes, so a little bit over two hours, of moderate-intensity cardio exercise a week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise a week. So the easiest way to tell or to gauge how intense your exercise activity is, is actually just by monitoring your your breathing. So Some people call this the talk test. So the easiest way to tell if you're in the moderate intensity range is while you're exercising, if you are able to talk to carry on a conversation, but it would be difficult to sing a song, that would be considered moderate cardio intensity. The easiest way to tell if you're doing vigorous exercise is if during exercise you may be able to say a few words but it would be very difficult to carry on a conversation without trying to catch your breath. So that's what vigorous intensity exercise looks like. Now let's talk about how do you select the best cardio exercise options that are gonna be the most time and energy efficient. The good news is that in general, choosing cardio exercise options tends to be easier than selecting strength exercises because the activity of cardio itself is just less complex in most cases than strength training. And that's because with strength training, you're trying to exercise all kinds of different muscles, all the different various muscle groups in your body, and when it comes to cardio, you're trying to exercise the heart, you know, the one, one system, one cardiovascular system, and all that really requires is a consistent rhythmic motion that elevates your heart rate. And there are lots of ways to do that, but they all pretty much have the same function. So it's a bit simpler to choose a cardio activity as opposed to a full body strength training regimen. But the big mistake that busy people make when selecting cardio exercises is that in many cases, they choose non-stationary cardio options. So what do I mean by non-stationary? I'm talking about cardio options that require locomotion. So moving from point A to point B in a physical space. So a non-stationary cardio option would be going for a run, a mile-long run, or going for a long bike ride or even a, a long power walk. These activities create friction because for a busy person, they create friction because they have to happen generally outside of your home gym space. And this creates a type of separation in the types of exercises that you need to do, particularly between cardio and strength training. So if you have to do a non-stationary cardio activity but your strength training activities are all done in your home gym, then that effectively means that you have to do two totally separate workouts in order to get The exercise that you need over the course of a week. So, for instance, if your cardio exercise of choice is mountain biking, that obviously has to happen outside and you know in the wilderness somewhere on a mountain, right? And if your strength training exercises all happen in your home gym with resistance bands or free weights, those. Two different types of exercises have to happen in two completely different environments. And this ultimately means that you have two separate workouts that have to be done in isolation from one another. And this increases the amount of time, the total amount of time, that your exercise processes take to complete over the course of a week or a day. So to eliminate this type of friction, you need to select a cardio option that can be completed, it can be executed in the same physical space as where you would be doing your strength training activity. And the idea is that you can easily switch back and forth between your cardio exercise and your strength training exercises with no significant intermediate steps in between. So for instance, if instead of mountain biking, that same person in the example had a stationary bike that was in their home gym space that was right next to their their strength training equipment, they could easily ride the bike, hop off the bike, do some strength training, and then quickly hop back on the bike, and they can easily move back and forth between cardio and strength training without friction in between those steps. So this type of training is referred to as interval training or when you have multiple different strength training exercises included, it's sometimes called circuit training. The benefit of this type of training, of the interval training principle, is that it allows you to take advantage of the fact that when you do strength training, a set of strength training reps that are sufficiently challenging, that elevates your heart rate, into a pretty intense range for a short period. It At least, it definitely gets your heart rate up into above moderate intensity in most cases, usually closer to vigorous, if not in the vigorous range. The problem with traditional strength training is that once you've completed a set of repetitions of strength training with a challenging weight, you generally recover after that set by just staying stationary, either sitting or standing. So for instance, let's say you're doing a traditional bench press and you're using a weight that's challenging for you. You do a set of 10 repetitions and the weight is challenging to where, you know, the last two or three reps are a struggle. Maybe you even can't complete the final rep. After you complete that set of repetitions, you're Cardi- cardiovascularly, uh, your your heart is is should be beating. You should you should be you know breathing hard. You're you're you've actually done some pretty intense cardio work, but generally what happens when you see people at the gym is then they stop, and they wait for a few minutes they recover before they jump into their next set. That that's pretty typical, and that's fine if you're just intending to do strength training work, but. When you do this, when you take a traditional rest between sets, you allow your heart rate to come back down to a normal resting rate. And that's where interval training is different. With interval training, the idea is to keep your heart rate from dropping after you've done intense exercise. And the way that you do that is by doing some type of other exercise during your recovery period that is less intense. So the idea is to let your heart rate come back down, but only, say, to the moderate intensity range. You don't want to let it come all the way back down to a normal resting rate. So you can use short bouts of moderate intensity cardio to be that alternate exercise that you're doing in between sets of more intense exercise. In this case, we're talking about strength training. These rest sets, where you're doing moderate cardio, generally should last somewhere between 30 and 90 seconds. That would be your recovery period. And then after that, you're ready to move on to another set of some type of strength training activity, which would serve as your your more intense cardio activity, as well as a strength training activity. So, why is this good? Why is this style of training beneficial? Well, if you're a busy person and you're looking to save time and energy, this method of switching back and forth between strength training and cardio, between an intense cardio activity and a moderate intensity cardio or moderate intensity cardio activity for recovery, this allows strength training to count as cardio exercise, where in most cases it wouldn't. So what, is, what does this mean? It means really a massive reduction in, in friction, especially in terms of time, because it means that now you only have to do one type of exercise versus two. There's no longer a need to do strength training exercise sessions and then schedule a different cardio workout at at another point in time, because you're leveraging the fact that your heart rate does get elevated during strength training, just with a traditional strength training regimen. You really don't get the benefit of it because you don't keep the heart rate up in the heart, in the cardio range for the entire workout. It's, it's, it's just, you know, very short bursts of cardio, and then you're coming back to a resting rate. So you're not spending enough time in the cardio range to, to get a sufficient amount of cardio work like you would from a regular um, aerobic style exercise. But this eliminates that problem. So in general, what interval training does is it cuts the amount of exercise That you need to do roughly in half because now you don't have to have strength training days and then cardio days you can just have one type of exercise session that covers all your bases let's talk about what this means in terms of real potential time savings so if you do the recommended 150 minutes of moderate cardio exercise per week if you're following a traditional strength training and cardio strategy. So you would do 150 minutes of moderate cardio as a separate series of exercises over the course of a week. And then if you're following a traditional strength training program, let's just say you do 3 30 to 45 minute strength training sessions as well, which follows the the general recommendation, working all your major muscle groups. So that probably shakes out to around 135 minutes of strength training exercise per week. So that's just if you're trying to meet the basic minimum requirements, if you look at what the general recommendations are from all the major um, health organizations. So American Heart Association, American Council on Exercise. That's, that's where a lot of these recommendations are coming from. So that all adds up to 285 minutes of total exercise a week, which is nearly five hours of exercise. If you're a busy person or anybody really, that's a significant time investment, right? Now let's look at what the time requirement could be if you follow instead an interval style program that combines strength training and cardio into one type of workout to leverage the power of interval training. And if you do that, you would actually probably only need to get just over two hours total of exercise per week. So it could actually save you as much as three hours or very near to three hours of time That's a significant reduction in friction, if you think of friction, especially as the inefficient use of time. So you can see how this can really increase the chances that you're gonna repeat exercise consistently if you can get three hours back in your life and still meet the general exercise requirement. It's gonna be much easier to repeat that exercise routine that interval program on a consistent basis and it's going to drastically increase the chances that you're going to create a habit in the long run now let's talk about how to select the right cardio exercises to do at home and as a part of a proper interval program so let's talk about the most significant factor especially when you're doing this at home which is going to be how much space you have in your home gym in most cases you probably just won't have room for exercises that are not stationary so things like jogging or running or biking in most cases you're probably going to be setting up your home gym if you're lucky you'll have one room that you can dedicate to exercise, but a lot of people won't even have that. It may just be a, an area where you you know roll out a mat. Maybe you're just working with resistance bands. Um, some people may be able to set up a more robust gym area in like an unfinished basement. In some cases, maybe you've got some room to do some some light jogging or a little bit of movement. But in most cases, you're going to be limited to stationary cardio exercises. So let's talk about what some of the best stationary cardio options are. The first one that I'm gonna recommend is, believe it or not, running in place. This is a great stationary cardio exercise because first, it doesn't require any equipment. It does work different muscles than traditional running, but it's still a really effective form of cardio. Basically, all you need to do to, do, to run in place, um, if you've never done it before or, or don't understand the concept, you're basically doing alternating knee raises while moving your arms back and forth. You can think of it as bouncing from one foot to another while you're doing knee raises, and this kind of mimics the activity of running. But it's a rhythmic motion, and if you, you do it consistently, it will, it will provide cardiovascular work. The next great option is just the traditional jumping jack. This is another great option that doesn't require any equipment. And to do it, basically you stand it with your arms at your side, and you're gonna be jumping while spreading your feet apart wider than your hips. And at the same time, you'll be bringing your arms together overhead. And as you jump again, you'll bring your feet back together while bringing your arms back down to your sides, and you'll continue to do this in rhythm as long as you need. All right, and the third and final stationary cardio recommendation that I'm gonna make in this podcast is jumping rope. To do this, obviously, you need to buy a jump rope, and you need to make sure that it's adjusted to your height, which is fairly easy to do. Most jump ropes come with some instructions on on how to do that. But once you've got it adjusted to your height to actually perform the jump rope exercise, you're gonna hold the rope in each hand. You're gonna begin jumping while doing revolutions with the rope. So each time the rope swings overhead, you need to be ready to jump as it's descending so that the rope can pass beneath your feet. Um, And then you can begin the next revolution with the rope. And you do this for as long as needed and i always like to emphasize that you really don't need to jump or you shouldn't be trying to jump high when you're jumping rope good jump ropers actually stay on their toes the whole time and they usually only come about an inch or so off the ground it's all about getting in a good rhythm and having your timing right so that you're not having to jump six inches or, or try to jump a foot off the ground so that the rope can clear beneath your feet Okay, so that concludes the podcast for today. Let's just look at a few key takeaways. So we talked about first why you should be doing cardio as a part of your general exercise program. And for general fitness, the basic recommendation is 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio exercise or 75 minutes a week of vigorous intensity exercise. We also talked about selecting the right types of cardio exercises to reduce friction so to eliminate the most friction you really should be looking at stationary cardio options uh, for your home gym so stationary at home cardio what that does is that it makes interval training possible and we talked about how with interval training you have the opportunity to alternate between short bouts of more intense exercise, which can be your strength training exercises, and then less intense bouts of short cardio that can serve as more of a recovery period. And the benefit of alternating back and forth between these two different types of exercise is that you get get the heart rate maintained in the cardio range for the duration of the workout, and what that means essentially is that your cardio and your strength training work can, can, be, can happen at the same time and there's no need to do separate types of workouts that are distinct from one another. So an interval style workout can serve as the one type of workout that you need to do and it essentially, roughly, can cut your required amount of time for exercise in half. And then last, I made some recommendations about the type uh, or some specific types of stationary cardio options that can be good for a home gym setting. And the few that we talked about today were running in place, jumping jacks, and jumping rope, which are all great options for most people. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, Please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, where you can access more content, access my free fitness calculator tool, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is launching in March of 2023 and is now available for pre-order. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.